Welcome back. It's Comics Corners, episode 14. Damn. It's a 15. That's a lot. It's a good amount, dude. We did uh, hit, we're over 600 downloads now. Um, Fuck yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. I don't know who you guys are, but... <laughs> we appreciate it. Maybe it's just, you know, strangers, if you are, DM us and let us know on Instagram, PM Threads, or Threads and Dreads Pod at instagram.com yeah i actually meant to do that but we'll get into the show here we're gonna go over a little bit of news uh talk about us hitting the comic book sale last weekend and yeah we're gonna go through our marvel yearbook we also got a new book that is a thousand greatest comics so the material we have dude is just endless at this point what um what you been getting into comics reading wise though? I'm still on that Swamp Thing kick. Um, things are heating up. Uh, basically, what's going on in the book is all this crazy supernatural stuff is happening all around, mostly the United States. Okay. So Constantine is in the states right now, and he's sending Swamp Thing on all these little missions or whatever. Oh, see, I so, fuck with that. A good awesome. Constantine leading the charge. Yeah, he he's like the, just he's like the uh, almost like a Nick Fury like gives you your assignment kind of deal. So. He ends, and up, he ends con- up in like New York and California and all these weird little side stories. So it's like not just focused on this weird swamp monster the whole time. There's these really very well written, you know, obviously it's Alan Moore doing these cool suspense stories. And then the swamp thing shows up to try to help whatever's going on, whatever mystical thing the is. The situation happening. is. Yeah. Are there any more like that Pog story though? Where no. it's in, thank God. Wow, you really disliked that, didn't I you? I really fucking, <laughs> I told, I was, I even told Matt about it. I fucking did not. I just, it's like anything where I have to read it in a certain like cadence or voice becomes really jarring to me, and um, I just fucking can't. Do I'm the it. same. I was talking about that Green Lantern comic I read with the javelin, Ye- and like you have to read it like in a German accent. Yeah, I just all that you're just like this is it's fine for a couple word bubbles. I don't give a fuck at that point, but when it's like the whole thing, I'm like I my brain already hurts from just reading. <laughs> I can't do this, but yeah, I'm excited. To- Keep reading Swamp Thing on your heels, dude. Yeah, and then, um, so also what we were going to talk about, I didn't get to read any of them yet, but picked up a ton of books at that Carol and John's comic book show we were talking about. What did you grab mostly? I mostly grabbed a bunch of Dr. Fate books. I think I'm going to try to get a complete run of that, because it's only like 45 books. What year is that from? It goes from 87 to like 89 or 90, something like that. Oh, that's like a, those are cool years you, for Yeah, it. like we were just talking about in the last episode, it's always, the end of the decade is always yeah. so much cooler. That's when they're swinging for the fences too, because at that point they want to go into the new decade hot. So they're just like, yeah, let, try and do whatever we can to get some fucking traction and some new characters on and fucking popping. Um, how many issues? Um... Of how many did I get? Of well, how many did you get? How many are there in the run? So, Quiz time, motherfucker. Well, I, I I just said it was forty five books in the run. Okay, I believe I think it's forty five. But I've just picked up. I probably have like fifteen or twenty now. So I'm almost halfway there. It's not bad. Yeah, I grabbed uh, some Animal Man, which I haven't read yet. But I know the Animal Man. All the runs are always supposed to be just very out there. I think it is loosely in that same dark universe kind of as Swamp Thing, honestly. So I wouldn't be surprised because I want to say that Animal Man's an elemental. I could be completely wrong. And if anyone is listening to this, they could be upset about it. But I don't give a fuck. I should know that sure. because because uh, Swamp Thing's an elemental. Yeah. So I'm not sure. If- I'm not like positive about it, but I think it is because he just like communicates with animals. But the first panel of the first page it's just a dog getting ran over by a car. So I was like, all right, this is going to be the tonage that I think I was looking for. <laughs> but I grabbed that. I grabbed some Dead Man. Shout out. Love me some Boston Brand. Um, Boston Brand? That's his name. That's his name, yeah. Uh, but the covers of them were just fucking really good. Cool. What's, what's Dead Man's origin story? So Dead Man, his origin story is he was an acrobat. He died while, like... Kind of a Dick Grayson, you know, Grayson family storyline. Yeah, hence the, the unitard. The circus in the DC universe is a f- is darker than the circus in real fucking life, dude. <laughs> if you can fucking believe it. It is just a bleak. The amount of murders, apparently, at circuses in the DC universe is just constant. And those are just the ones we know about. 
yeah, those are just the ones that spawn super powered or superhero people, let alone the people that are just like, no, man, my whole family just died. <laughs> I'm really sad. I'm super depressed now. Um, so it was but, a high wire act gone wrong or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like a high wire act type thing gone wrong. And then I think he had some kind of issue with his soul. Soul was all fucked up. So he couldn't, you know, couldn't get in. And they're just like, dude, you got to be a ghost now. And he can inhabit bodies. He's almost like in the in-between zone. Kind yeah, of he's yeah. an in-between zone guy. So I got a couple of those. And then I also got Long Halloween, my favorite fucking book. Already reread it. Did you? Yeah. it's so. You've read it twice since you bought it? I've read it Sick. one and a half times since I bought it. All right, well, I just, is that the good? Feel, I'm just going to... The okay. feel of it is just so... Is this just one long book or is there... Sep- it was originally printed in single issues, but it's one continuous story it's almost tv show style like they give you a little catch up at the beginning of yeah. each one how many issues were there do you know? um that i don't this know this is chapter 13 yeah so that's each one's like a book i'd say so probably 13 or 14 that's cool yeah because oh, there's this a, art this is sick this is a sick panel that's one of the coolest two faces ever just a lot of the characters in it have such a great look that um, I, I'm a sucker for anything that has like the little like kind of like scribbly vibe to it. Yeah, it's it's not like super clean and refined, but it's also not like the very almost abstracty look. Yeah, that like sometimes that, it goes when, like, with people do shading and faces. That's like kind of like like I said, like scribbly or like it's not a traditional like shadow kind of um, uh, penciling, but it's it's just so sick. It just adds that extra flavor to it. Like there is um, what is that? Batman, is it the Arkham Asylum? Yeah. The, the game? Ar- the book. The book? Like, the art in that is almost, I like it, but it's almost a little too abstracty for me. I actually did pick that up from the library, and I was summing through it. I'm like, I don't know if I like the art in this. It, it's a really good story, and it's a nice one-shot type thing. Well, yeah, they made the game based off the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. but it's just kind of, you have to be enjoying that art. It's almost, I'd rather have a piece of one of those, like, frames as like a panel on my wall versus right. reading. Sick. I'm going to borrow this. Um, oh yeah, dude, you're going to, once you start reading it too, it's a good detective story, yeah. which is always everyone's big complaint about Batman movies and like popular, like big comics. now is there's not a lot of him doing detective work. So I think anytime you get a mystery in a Batman story, that's not a really dumb, heavy handed, like, um, you know, Lazarus pit, <laughs> you know, rebirth type thing. Something that's really real world aspect. Yeah. Which is funny because Razo Ghul calls him detective exclusively. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just, I think when it's kind of more based in real life, like that whole story is just them basically trying to find a killer. And it's not, you know, it's not like at the time, like a big super villain. Like it's more crime oriented when it's like, Falcone and Maroni type stuff, and you kind of get that shift of like the real world. More crime, yeah. <laughs> Which is just, yeah, Batman's here to fight crime, not like you know clowns. It's, it's and- not always yeah <laughs> the big flamboyant fucking villains. Exactly. What um any big comic news on your end? What so, have you been hearing? Well, so you know there's what is it phase four that's coming out they phase four is coming out they just they're they're dropping dates now which is big a hundred percent and they dropped a lot of subtitles for movies including black panther 2 which is going to be wakanda forever forever of course uh captain marvel 2 which is going to be called the marvels okay so that is a sequel that is going to be a sequel it's going to have monica rambo um so same actress as WandaVision. Yeah. It's going to have Carol Danvers, obviously, back. Brie Larson. It's going to also have Miss Marvel, who is Kamala Khan, who's like a, in the comics and, you know, everything else she's been in, a young... She's a young woman, right? Like, she's a younger, I want to say, she might be Indian. Yeah. Um, but I know she's... Yeah, I've yeah. seen the comics. Um but isn't she like a teenager yeah she's like a teenager she's an inhuman and she has like stretchy she's she got the stretch mr fantastic syndrome okay um but the, all three of them are going to be in there miss marvel's going to have a show before the movie oh so we're going to have that build up yeah um i'm trying to think i felt like there was one more subtitle um well there's 11 thunder but we knew about that 
And the multiverse madness. Yep. We knew about that. But the, those dates are out. Correct. Oh, man. I think out of all of them, I'm obviously most excited for the new Doctor Strange, but that new Thor is going to kick so much ass because the third I'm one was so I'm super great. excited. They've already they pushed up the Loki show date to June 9th. I thought it was coming out tomorrow. The Loki show? Yeah. I could have swore it was coming out tomorrow. Let's see. I'm going to look it up. We'll look, get on that. Look, you have the internet on there. You already revealed your secret. <laughs> um, but yeah, because that, that's the whole thing. They're like, they, there was only a one-week break between WandaVision but and I Falcon. But I think there was... I think... I want to say it's June 9th was what I thought it's, I had read. But they already renewed it for a season two. For that, Originally, oh, yeah. It is not until June. Oh, man. I was so pumped. I thought it was coming out you, like tomorrow. <laughs> got too excited, dude. So what am I going to do for the next two months? You have to watch Star Wars The Bad Batch. I do. Oh, I, I probably checked that out, but I do want to check out Invincible because my friend won't stop talking about it. Did you watch any more of I that? I haven't seen it. Is it. What's it on, Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have Amazon Prime. He's like, dude, he's like, it's great. He's really I won't it. support Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like that. I, I don't buy shit from Amazon, but I do use Amazon Prime, like the streaming service, because it's my girlfriend's mom's. Oh, so you're stealing it. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like a family thing. Yeah. We're family. You're so. family. When you're on Amazon prime, you're family. Yeah. I, I've been playing, I've been, I'm one of the few people that still pays for Netflix and I'm not using, you know, aunt Larry, uncle I, Larry's. Hey, <laughs> I pay for my Netflix. I found out I pay for Hulu and I didn't even know it. Oh, you weren't using it. I didn't even realize it was like coming out, you know, cause I'm very financially responsible mm -hmm. and I was talking to someone and they're like, Oh, I'm watching handmaiden's tale. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And she was like, "Oh, did you not see it on your like frequently watched thing?" And I was like, "Are you using my Hulu?" Oh, who's using it? My friend Ange. Oh shit! Dude. I was like, "What the fuck?" I didn't even know I was paying for that. So now I want to log in. I don't even know the password. There's a lot of good stuff on Hulu. I like Hulu. They did though announce they're pushing back production for Blade, so it's gonna be pushed back till June. Of twenty two, yeah. Oh, the uh, the Eternals was the other big one. The Eternals announced. was the other big one. We'll get to Eternals in a second here, but they released some names for people who they were going to have direct or the short list for directors of Blade, and it's some like it's some big hitter people. Really, it's uh, the dude who did Moonlight, which I know is like uh, Oscar nominated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the dude who did. Judas and the Black Messiah, which I think also was a bunch of like Oscar nominations. A lot of noms, yeah. Um, and then a couple other Creed two, but just like some random other people. But Disney fucking crushes it on getting like the big, like good directors for sure. I think they spend they'd rather spend on good directors than get super popular actors because you if you can get a lesser known actor, keep them around longer, directors get happy. They just want to stay. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, you can't just keep using the same actors. I mean, you, you need to get some new talent in there. You and know? I think they're... Give th other people a shot. This right now is a huge transition time, especially for those Marvel movies. Because it's like they're t rotating out. They're like core rotation. So if they can pull this off, I feel like it's an unstoppable train. Yeah, I mean, they kind of have to. I mean, all you've, we've been seeing the same people for 10 years in these movies. Yeah. I'm sure they're a little burned out, too, you know? Oh, 100%. And now a lot of them are doing, like, TV shows and stuff for them already, you know? So. And I was going to say, I mean, like, Robert Downey Jr. is happy to be Iron Man no more. Yeah, he's definitely happy with the break. I think you'll see him again in some flashback yeah, or I don't, something. But I think he might, you know... Something yeah, where have, he can only has to spend, like, a day on set, you know? His, a voiceover type thing. Or, like yeah, that. yeah, anything. Um... What did you think of the Eternals footage? I, I just saw like a flash of it. I didn't. It was this big thing. It was actually really cool. Uh, I think Marvel posted on their IG page. It was like Marvel celebrates the movies. I don't know if you saw that. It's like a three oh, yeah. minute. It was a three minute like IG movie. Well, the best part was when they had like the crowd re uh, reaction to Avengers Endgame. That like, was a good. That was yeah. Awesome. But like it gave me chills, man. Like just the people's oh, reaction to it was so cool. I mean, dude, that's just one of the best moments in cinematic history of all time. Yeah, and then they just then they went over all the new stuff coming out, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Isn't it yeah, because I know they just give you a couple tidbits from like Eternals. I think you see Angelina Jolie, um, you see oh, see Camille, uh, Najani, something like that. Yeah, um, he's awesome. Yeah, and got fucking jacked as fuck for this movie. Yeah, because what what was he in before Silicon Valley? Yes. 
<clears throat> he's he's really funny though. He's I used to, hilarious. And he's on Portlandia all the time. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, man. He's just he's just has a great delivery, great sense of humor. His stand up's really good too. Oh yeah, I mean he's a very he was a very accomplished comedic actor and stand up. Yeah, and performer. Just Silicon in Valley is. I don't know if you watched that show. But it Holds was great. Up. Oh, it's a great show. Definitely. I mean, all the characters on there were just so good. It. Well, didn't uh, what's his name go? What's his name went a little crazy in real life? I think T.J. Miller. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Cause he got he wasn't even in Deadpool too. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. Brief. Uh, yeah, kind of brief. I don't know. It was just funny. The one scene is funniest after his girlfriend dies. Spoiler alert. Uh, Deadpool. Remember yeah. they kill his girlfriend in the beginning. And he's like just devastated. He's at the bar, and he's like, "Yeah, well, at least we still have Bowie." <laughs> and and uh, he's like, y- "Yeah." And like the, the his the one like Uber driver dude's like about to say something. He's like, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> at least we still have Bowie. Yeah, I thought T.J. Miller went crazy and was like stalking a girlfriend or something. I don't know the story. I just know that he's been out of the limelight for some time. Last thing I saw him in was Ready Player One, which is actually a pretty sick movie. I, and he just does voice acting. I tried watching Ready Player One. It into it. It was uh, like the story is whatever, but yeah. uh, visual, very visually pleasing, and it's just a fun movie, really fun. I feel like it would be a really good movie theater movie. Yes, I believe I probably did see it in theaters. That's I where like, I yeah. feel like that movie makes the most sense. Oh, you know what? I don't think I did, but I really wanted to. But either way, good flick. Um, I'm trying to think of what else has been happening with some comic news. Comic-wise? Comic-wise. Nothing crazy. Another book that I did pick up from that big sale is, I think I told you, it's uh, Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth. So this is oh, an yeah. early Jack, not super early, but it's a Jack Kirby comic uh, that he did for DC, though, which is cool. You don't see a lot of Jack Kirby DC books. So I got issue well, yeah, two and he three. Was only, how long was he over at DC? It wasn't that fucking long. Yeah, I don't I don't know the story behind that, but well, it was he, not very long. Because he got in a fight with Stan. Okay. So him and Stan were beefing because... Probably because he didn't want to do like old gods or something, and then he quit and went over to DC. Did all the old god shit over? Did like Comanche and some random, you know, some just miscellaneous books, and then he came back over to Marvel. Stan probably apologized. Right, he's he, he's a big man. He he probably who Stan? Yeah, Stan. He's not gonna. He, he doesn't seem someone like it would hold a grudge. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I could fully see Stanley holding a grudge a little bit. I think. Like he's. Just, like, I've never seen him like speak unpleasantly. Like you know. I mean, that's well, like we see him on TV yeah. and in the line. I wonder what he's like a total. Or that's was what it? I'm saying. Who knows? I'm gonna do some. I don't like speaking dive. ill of people that aren't around anymore though. That's they true. They can't defend themselves. And he could haunt us. It's not fair. Yeah, he could haunt us. You want a ghost? No. <laughs> Excelsior! Oh my God! It'd just be an old guy talking to you all day. He does like to talk. Yeah, that's he did what, like to talk. That's it, what like old guys like to do like that. I met Wayne Gretzky's dad once, and that's how he was. Oh yeah, dude! I heard his dad's like the man, though. I think it was his like dad just died. I think it was Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's like, dude, like I, I'm a huge hockey fan. He's like, but I'm I'm like closer with Wayne Gretzky's dad than him. Yeah, that's Wayne Gretzky. Will be anything's anyone's friend. Yeah, they have a tournament in Canada. They do, and he's always at the tournament, and he will just talk, talk everyone's ear off. Like if all the parents are just like, don't, don't <laughs> go over there. It's not worth like. He the man likes to talk. Yeah, and he he's proud. He was proud of his son. True. Um, they are. We were speaking to this a little bit earlier. New Game of Thrones show prequel. Don't know why you do a prequel, but so neither of us watched Game of Thrones. But hey, if you guys want to hear us talk about it, just uh, say the word. I was gonna say I just don't. I don't really get it. Why I do a prequel show? You know what's gonna happen. It seems like it just destroys all the illusion of mystery about, even if it is hundreds of years in the future, it's like, I still know, like, the end of this. Of what? Game of Thrones? Yeah. It's like, oh, so yeah, is the it a new prequel? show is a prequel, I yeah. believe. And I just don't really understand that. But speaking of HBO shows coming, Gotham PD, which is going to be in the same universe as the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Batman Movie. The new movie coming out, yeah. yeah. Matt Reeves, who no, what, he is the director for that. Um, Matt Reeves, I've never heard of him. He, I know he was rumored. I want to say he was rumored to actually do the Flash movie before this one, 
But that Flash movie just went through like 500 yeah. people's hands. Man, I'm watching the TV show right now. I'm having trouble getting into it. Really? So I am. It is still the first season. What episode you on? Like four or five. It it takes a little bit. It's it's campy. I, yeah, I don't know. It's something about the just like kind of soap. It seems like kind of soap opera. It like. has a little bit of like soap opera vibe to it, but it is fun that it does have some pretty comic accurate type stuff in it. Okay, like you do start seeing crazy characters that you're like all right this is cool to see this like i kind of want to just like look up like key episodes i definitely want to watch the ones that kevin smith directed yeah because like and i realized i could do that because they do like a previously on the flash exactly before every episode okay perfect i don't have to watch every single one no and there's certain like characters that you kind of want to see like they have king shark in it they have gorilla grod in it they have stuff that you're like oh this is pretty cool mirror man captain Uh, cold they Captain Cold is actually is a hundred percent in it. Captain Cold and Heatwave are played by the two dudes who are in Prison Break. Oh no shit! Yeah, so do they do that on purpose? You think? Oh, they definitely like casting them on purpose. And those guys actually are both in Legends of Tomorrow as well. Dude, Prison Break. I I never watched it, but I have a lot of respect for that show because I always thought it was just some dumb one off show. But they have like loyal ass fans. People loved that show. It is an insanely strange show that has a crazy cult following. Yeah. For some reason, I put the cult following of Prison Break in the same circle as the same people that like Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I just feel like all of that lies in the same realm. If you're like, oh, dude, I totally watch SOA, and I definitely love Prison Break. And you're just like, you've never been to jail. And they're like, no, or committed a crime. Yeah, or rode a motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. I do have a mountain bike, though, that I ride three times a year. With my Sons of Anarchy. uh, Yeah, with my Sons of Anarchy. Like, cut-off hoodie. Oh, no, it's a T-shirt, but the T-shirt has a vest printed on over it. (laughs) That's the move. And then jeweling. Do you got any Sons of Anarchy uh, swag at the shop? No, unfortunately, I don't have any Sons of Anarchy merch. Even though I do, I love Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he is even a comic book god. I mean, he's one of the OG comic book movie people. I mean, what Hellboy came out like, 05? Yeah, Hellboy 1 and 2. Yeah, I mean, before that, all we had was, it was like X-Men and Spider-Man, movie-wise. Yeah. And then that terrible Hulk movie. Oh, and... Ron Perlman's also in Blade 2. Yes. Because you know what it is? Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro. They're tight. Hombres. They're tight. Good good pals, dude. I like that, though. I like when a director just has certain people that they fuck with really hard. Like, Guillermo fucks with Ron Perlman. Because Ron Perlman looks like he is... He's already 70% looking like a demon slash monster. Yeah. So he's like, this is perfect. I don't have to put a lot of makeup on you. <laughs> you go and be menacing man. That's be a very good menacing Guillermo. man. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I watch a lot of Guillermo del Toro interviews. I watched one where he was talking about H.P. Lovecraft. And are you familiar with him, the author? Yeah. So What like, did he write? He's the whole like Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, guy. gotcha, gotcha. So like I'm like, oh well, that makes a lot of sense because Guillermo likes all the spooky, you know, mythical stuff. Have you ever seen his fucking weird house museum thing? No, was it just a lot of horror movie memorabilia Look, and stuff? It is insane. It's like a more tasteful version of like Rob Zombie's house. Probably, yeah. The coolest thing in Rob Zombie's house, though, is he has the original like stuffed polar bear from the Adams Family TV show from the '60s. Re- that is a really like, the, fucking the original one. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. I I never understood why Rob Zombie is even that famous. Yeah, like where did all this money come I, from? Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I think he made most of. It's hard to say. I would be interested to find out if you need more of his money through music or through movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the aesthetic, I think, of Rob Zombie, kind of. But I just don't. It seemed like it was just. When was it famous? When was it big? When was everyone like, we're all Rob Zombie fans? It was like early 2000s. Like, I've never heard an old Rob Zombie song come on the radio, I don't think. Well, it was. It was. Good timing for him, and this is funny that we've kind of spun off. This is going to be a, a, a oddball episode. I everybody. love it. 
I think a lot of it had to do with there was sort of a backlash with like the whole like pop music scene that was exploding, like your InSync and your Britney Spears and stuff. So like that's that. when he was, yeah, like he people, was in that there were era, at the opposite end of that spectrum. That like, were like Marilyn we want Manson. nothing to do with, the, yeah, Manson exactly. It's like we want nothing to do with the you know the bright and shiny people over here. We need to, we need our own little kind of sub, like yeah, the exact a guy opposites. who can suck his own dick. <laughs> he removed a couple of his ribs, but dude. Some shit coming out about him. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, he's. I believe who, the word torture room came up. Who would have thunk it? Marilyn Manson, not a great guy. I know. And it's like, and I think that's why you're not really hearing too much about this story anymore because it came out, it broke, if you will. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, like I knew that. <laughs> I could have figured that out. Yeah, it's like, duh. It's so fucking obvious. There's no surprise. It's not like, is there a torture room in this house? It's like, hey, where, where is, is the torture room in this house? And are there multiple? But Guillermo, he's got this badass house. Like, Oh, it's so sick. And he has, it's definitely a little bit more tasteful, but it's still very eclectic. And it's just a bunch of weird, actual, almost horror stuff that's like shrunken heads and more true, like real life crazy shit. Yeah. And then prop stuff. And then he has giant figures from his movies and just like, it's bananas. Like a life-size Pan's Labyrinth creature. Yeah, dude. The fuck... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that's my favorite. Ooh, hit the mic. I was so excited. That's my favorite fucking like the, the eyes character. on the hands. That's what we're doing, by the way, guys. I read a podcast. I read a whole Spanish movie just to see that one character in pants. The fawn, I believe, is what they call him. The fawn, I think. Yeah. What did he do? Shape of Water. I think I don't know. I'm actually not the biggest Guillermo, Guillermo fan. fan. Like, he's cool. I respect the aesthetic and everything. But I'm glad you mentioned because this is a conversation worth having. Guillermo, you know, the, I'll certain, be the judge certain, of that. Certain directors that you know have hard ons for certain uh, actors, and they just put them in every movie. Like it's good and bad. So like the person I think of right away is Martin Scorsese. You know, he always uses De Niro or Pacino or yeah. both of them. Well, you know, he had that big beef with the Marvel movies. Do you remember when that was was oh. a big talk of the town? Yeah, because what... For those that don't know, it was all about... He was basically just trashing these Marvel movies, saying that it's ruining the cinema. There's no... There's no um, there's no art, there's no to, art to it. No substance. You know, they're just box office money-making machines. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so you're saying they're making the same movie over and over again. Hmm. Kind of like making crime movies over, over and, over, and again over again with the same fucking people... I don't know. I love Martin Scorsese, but it's like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, it's first of all, anything that's good for Hollywood is good for you, dude. Like, yeah. you want this this gravy train, the wheels keep turning. And, People are always going to see your movies, and it's one of those kind of hypocritical things because I see where his argument could be made, absolutely. But for his argument to be made by him is you're the other big movie in that theater. Is it's is between. When you have a movie come out, a Marvel movie or a Scorsese movie, like you're he is the other person who's still in that limelight to be able to get a movie in a theater and make a ton of money on it. Yeah. It, so exactly. it's like for you to say that if this was some random indie director or someone who's doing a bunch of work and just not getting a lot of praise on it, totally get that. And I see where you're upset about it, that that market has been fucked up. And yeah, it's because these other people are like, we want to make a billion dollars. But now there's also streaming platforms, and it's just got to be a lot more grassroots, which that's, is that's difficult. A, that's a really good point. Because, yeah, if it was coming from someone that wasn't as big as Scorsese, yeah, yeah it would, that would be a justifiable argument. Like, I was listening one time a few years back. The Black Keys had put out an album. This was probably, like, eight or ten years ago. And it, it would have hit number one on the charts, except they had just released this, like, Michael Jackson yeah. uh, like, uh, compilation, compilation thing, thing. And he was like... You know, that's great, like nothing against Michael Jackson, but it's like, he's dead. <laughs> Why don't we give the people that are still alive and making music, that are trying to like make a name and a career for themselves, a shot at that number one spot? Because yeah. like, there's no way we can compete You're never going to beat that. No. It, it just has such a built-in fan base and group of people that's going to buy those yeah. up forever. And I was like, yeah, it seems kind of whiny and complaining, but he has a very good point there. <laughs> it, it is. If it wasn't, again, if some random... This was before the Black Keys were like huge. Okay, too. they were still say, popular when he made this comment. but yeah. they weren't like they are now. Because they definitely got that number one. Spot I was gonna at some say because even since then, even if that was like, it's when an underdog says it, you're like, I get that. You're totally right about that. But when it's someone that is almost like can 
competing with those like things very closely, it's like, yeah, man, you're already still right there. It's not like you are getting bumped out by something that you know you can't compete with. That's so titanic and has such a strong following. There's no way you're going to beat it. And, and it bums me out too that he's made these comments because it's like, dude, I feel like it's pretty obvious that he hasn't really seen these movies because he just thinks it's all just special effects, which it obviously is like 80%. But these, the writing's good, the story's good, the, the delivery and, from the actors is great. And if it wasn't, people wouldn't be paying to see these movies. I mean, and honestly, for example, is DC. <laughs> a DC lot movies. of a lot of that stuff that you think is CGI too, and like digital. There are real aspects to it. I just happened to be watching something yesterday that was the guy who is the stuntman for Black Panther in Winter Soldier, and they're doing talking about the tunnel chase scene, or not in, Winter, in Civil War. Sorry, Civil War. I knew what you yeah. meant. Great scene. Um, yeah. yeah. So they're talking about that, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm like jumping onto those cars." Like <laughs> he's. They're talking about him where he does that kind of like quick run up to like chase like catch out to a car and he's talking about how they have to do that and he's like yeah that car's going 40 miles an hour like i just have to run on this like carpet essentially so i can get traction and i can run up to it Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah a lot more of it goes into it than i know it might seem like it's all cgi but it's like there are people who spend months being like it took a month to do one shot that you're like yeah this is just a lot of work and I think Scorsese complaining about it is just two two people in beautiful mansions. One of them just happens to be an old guy yelling about him living there longer. And he's like, this is my neighborhood. I control the neighborhood. And they're like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> it's like, at this point, too, is Scorsese even putting anything out? Yes, that's like, yes he has another movie coming out. You'll never guess who's in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it? I cannot watch another Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. I don't know if Al Pacino's in it, but Robert De Niro's definitely in it. I'm like, Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know. I just know that Robert De Niro's in it. It's like... <laughs> I just, like... The Irishman was brutal, I thought. It was okay. I had to watch it in, like, three sittings. I, I just had no interest in it. It just honestly seemed like a bunch of old men sitting around and chit-chatting. Right. And you're just like, great. I don't care that these two guys like kind of bicker. You're just like, cool. It, there's not a lot of action in it. I, I was watching it. I think this was during because lockdown. Because the main actors are 75 years old. Right. I uh, I watched it during the lockdown and everything. And I'm like, that was I that was like my speed at the time. Like I just want something to kind of like, you know. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Goodfellas. It's like one of my favorite fucking oh, movies yeah. of all time. And there was some vibes, some Goodfellas vibes in there. So I liked it for that and whatever. It just is, your actors are 75. You, what you could have done is, you know, something similar to, I don't know, like Godfather 2, and just have younger actors play the younger versions and have your two best friends still be in the movie, Marty, yeah. but they're just going to play old versions of themselves because they aren't 30 years old or 40 years old. And they clearly don't move that yeah, way. That, oh, that was very talked about. And it was so obvious. And it, but it's like, that's how Robert De Niro got his start, was playing a younger version of an older actor. Brando, yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't you continue that and just have some younger actor come in and do that role instead of being like, yeah, we'll de-age you. Which works for in movies for a couple scenes. It works when they do it for Michael Douglas and Ant-Man because it's for like, three and a half minutes and it's a quick moving thing that they don't focus on his face for. Right. Meanwhile, these movies were just trying to do like, all right, now convey everything through the face. And you're just like, what? Right. Cause he's got to act on top of putting some, something, you know, over his face that isn't him, but it was an okay flick. I, I actually, you know, who was good in that movie it was uh, Ray Romano. Pretty good actor. Not, 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 not going to lie. Wait, Oh, I and forgot Ray Irishman. Romano yeah. was in that movie. Right. I mean, it was just a decent story, you know, but yeah, definitely long. <laughs> yeah, it too long for my taste. I mean, it was it felt as long as Snyder Cut. Right. Did you watch the whole thing? Whole Snyder Cut? Yeah. No. Refused. 
re-fucking It's, it's funny talking to this because some people really liked it. I just... Zack Snyder is just like up his own ass, too. I just don't. It's all the fucking same. I saw 300, dude. Same movies. Guys, we're, we're busting into some Marvel year by year. We've been enjoying this book. This is a solid book. I love the, you know, just the chronological order of, of things here. Ooh, should we go like way back to the 50s? Dude, I'm, I'm down for any year. You know I love a good time travel. Kind of want to do another 90s year. What do you think about that? I... I was born in the 90s, dude. I, I've lived it. Ooh, look at this, man. A little X-Men beach scene. This, Lo- is, this that's is an- dope. Look at the Damn. cutoff jeans. Dude, fucking Psylocke in the front there. Bad Looking bad. Woo. That's awesome. Um, Well, we did 91 not too long ago, and then we did 94. So let's go to the end of the decade like we've talked about. Maybe Maybe 99? 99? Dude, I would lo- I'm all about doing 99. All right, so <laughs> this is interesting. The name of this like chapter is 1999, Seeing What Would Stick. So that kind of tells me they were maybe trying some new things. That's I'm telling you, full time, end of the decade, you just start throwing fucking everything at the wall and exactly seeing what fucking sticks. So apparently they completely relaunch The Amazing Spider-Man and they do a whole new Amazing Spider-Man number one. I didn't know that. In really? Was it like a retcon? It wasn't Miles Morales or the Ultimate Universe or anything? No, it's Peter Parker. Um, Interesting. It says right here, Peter Parker's life as Spider-Man was over. After his last confrontation with the Green Goblin, Peter had burned his costume, wanting a chance at a normal existence. Aunt May was back in his life. Uh, Her death proven to be merely an elaborate hoax. Interesting. So this uh, first issue was written by Howard Mackey. Uh, with art by John Byrne, who I love. Um, Shout I out, was, John. Dude, I didn't realize he was Hope still you're doing, doing well, bud. I didn't realize he was still doing comics in the '90s. Like, how um, old is he? Is he I an mean, old dude? Oh yeah, I mean he was putting out stuff in the '70s and '80s, and this is the end of '90s, so he's still doing it. That's pretty awesome. Um, and reinventing Spider-Man. Right. I mean, so it just says. I mean, it was just a new, whole new story they launched. So they just reinvented the whole. I mean, that's a real bold move. That's a '99 move right there. And it says something about a spider woman, uh, Maddie Franklin. I don't know if that's the original spider woman or not, but. Maddie Franklin. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I've never heard of her. Because I know Jessica Drew's the spider woman that I'm familiar with yeah. that we kind of all hear about. But yeah, I know there's been like some spider, other spider women and spider girls. It said, um, it says, Maddie gained her superpowers in the bizarre Gathering of the Five ceremony that had taken place in the last issue of mm. the first volume of Amazing Spider-Man. You know what that sounds like. Gathering of the Five. L- Girl what? gets powers. <laughs> I don't know. Gangbang. Okay, that's what I thought you were going with. It's definitely a gangbang situation. <laughs> you might not get powers, but you might get chlamydia. You might, you might get a lot of things, dude. We don't know. Don't know. <laughs> So then they're just, of course, I mean, they're just beating this uh, dead Spider-Man with a stick. Then we have um, oh, so Peter they... Parker's Spider-Man number one that also comes out in January of that year. Damn, they went spider-heavy. Was When did the Toby Spider-Man movie come out? Was it 2000? 2002, I believe. So I wonder if this was the initial push that they knew they were doing Toby Spider-Man. Like, if Sam Raimi was already on board, how yeah. comics try and go ahead of the curve. I'm sure this was at the point in time where, yeah, because, like, Stan was obviously living in L.A., and I'm sure there was, he's like, hey, like, I'm definitely going to seal the deal on this, you know, this property, and, uh, you know, maybe we can get some, some new books out and different stories. And- yeah, I mean, they just want to promote, it's basically telling um, the studio or whoever they sell it to, like, hey, we'll sell you this, and there's probably a caveat of, we're also going to make sure that we make this like a main character for us in our comics, so that way, when you guys come out with the movie, people are really aware of Spider-Man. It's really big, in, at least the comic zeitgeist, and getting people excited. So then in February, we have a Gambit gets his own book. It says, Gambit goes monthly, Gambit number one. So uh, everyone always loves a good Gambit. Are you a Gambit fan? Dude, everyone loves Gambit. Yeah. Mon ami, dude. He's, he's just on. so cool, yeah. He Does he... Oh, he like can't fuck Rogue, though, is always his big thing. Yeah, well, it's it mentions that uh, she's in here, you know. It says that uh, 
charming score of ladies, including his longtime flame fellow X-Men member Rogue. Uh, yeah, Gambit's just badass. I don't know anyone that doesn't like that character. Um, it's a shame that that movie fell through. You remember Channing Tatum was supposed to play him. I'm sure you heard about that. Oh, yeah, that movie that was rumored. Well, we did get... But it, like, I read an article that officially bottomed out. It, that movie was failed from the ground up, though. Um, unfortunately, The yeah. only thing that went well was Channing Tatum, I think, learned card tricks at one point and probably <laughs> practiced a French accent because everything else was just... It was in the era when they were doing the all those origin movies when they did... Or not when they did all the origin movies. They did one origin movie being Wolverine, they wanted to do a Magneto. They wanted to do Gambit. They wanted to find all the cool characters. Well, I don't know if this one was going to be an origin movie because they were. This was just over the past few years. Well, this I feel like it'd been rumored it, though it, for it'd a been long about time. For a while, yeah. Um, the one dude that played him in the X Men Origins movie, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, he's all right. I always liked him. He was fine. I. It's a very shoehorned in character all the time to stuff that wants to appeal to other like to younger people because everyone thinks Gambit's really cool. But it's only when it's like stories that really work for him, where it's like robbery type shit and like heisting stuff is more the gambit speed. Cause he has a very like odd backstory too, where he just comes from like a thieves guild. He essentially helps Mr. Sinister kill a bunch of fucking mutants in a sewer somewhere. I mean, but I've had, I mean, I think I had one of the runs of his solo series. Yeah. A gambit one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it took that long for them to get his own book. 99, I mean. I 99 seems like that the perfect time period for it. I could have seen it like a little bit before, but I feel like he just kind of picked up steam from the cartoon and then he just has a cool ass look, dude. He's got that sock yeah. hat, that sock mask thing. Yeah, like the Falcon even kind of has that now. Like yeah, and then he's got the little uh he's got the duster. Yep. He rips. He's always just got cards. Why is he so cool? Like, what makes him so alluring? It's the cards, the bow staff, you know? Yeah. Because, like, everyone always, like, ripped on Donatello because, oh, he's the nerdy turtle. was like, dude, he's got that bow staff. You can do work with that thing, man. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's not a katana, but. That's what I'm saying. We got a couple new uh, X-Men books uh, coming at you, too, in 1999. X-Men, Children of the Atom, number one. Children of the Atom. So this is kind of like. Oh, like Adam and Eve, it's a Christian book. No, Adam is an A T O M. Oh, like because they're like mutants. what they allege our bodies are made of. Atoms, yeah, yeah. Well, and then like the atom bomb, you know, you're oh, thinking yes. like, you know, yeah, and you're you know, the mutation, the genetic kind of background there. Um, ooh. So yeah, this one has some. So something about Batman Year One in here. Um, From the artist. Same vein as it? No, no, no. Oh, it's in a similar vein, so it's kind of a. Early X Men like story. Like a, they do like a six book run on it. What uh, does it have a cast on there? Who we got on the team? It doesn't say anything um, Damn, about who's. I, I see Angel. That's pretty much the only one they have mentioned here. They don't mention any other. Um, who's X-Men on the squad? Name. Yeah, no. And it's just like this one little panel. It looks like Angel. it's Angel, but he looks like Batman. <laughs> oh, I wonder. That's weird because it almost looks like it's Archangel, the Apocalypse version of him. Where he's like the blue with the metal wings. Yeah, yeah. That version is sick. There was also this other new X-Men book, um, X-Men The Hidden Years, number one. Man, this is so many mini stories. Yeah, it's, it's you know, X-Men, they just, they just keep uh, pounding them out. <laughs> In 1970, the arrival of the 67th issue of the original X-Men comic, the title began to reprint old material. Uh, and it wouldn't be revitalized until Giant Size X-Men in 75, which we're familiar with, uh, that launched the comic to new heights of popularity. This left fans to wonder what the originals were up to. Oh, so this is kind of cool. So it's the original Squad of Five, and it basically just talks... It's like continuing that storyline, when it's where it's just... Uh, Angel and Cyclops and Marvel Girl and Iceman and Beast. So it's kind of after that, before... Um, it's like an in-between. That's why it's called The Hidden Years. So like... Gotcha. In between, like before, you know, uh, Nightcrawler and yeah, before Wolverine they had that giant size relaunch, so and they I brought actually kind of dig in. that. That's kind of cool because it, it gives it another shot. Because when that book ran, it wasn't very popular. Well, until yeah, giant size. and now they have. Um, there's like a whole. They've reworked that whole mythos of the X Men into like an insane fucking storyline now, mm-hmm. where there's just so much shit going on. Of like, there was another tw- team apparently in between 
the original X-Men and that giant size X-Men team that they send to, what was it, Krakoa? Some island that's like technically alive that just ate a bunch of X-Men teams at one point. And it was just like a never talked about thing. I, I do kind of like that idea. Yeah, it's cool. I might have to check that out. The Hidden Years. The Hidden Years. I feel like it's very short run. Yeah, and like even like their costumes are kind of old school. You know, like you don't have the oh, full hairy beast or anything like that. And you got the, I got you. the full I've, head sleeve on Cyclops. I've seen, that's like that reworked version of the old school like blue and yellows yeah. from the first one. Ex- exactly. Gotcha. Uh, last book probably want to talk about, and we'll wrap it up here. Uh, a lot of like revamping things, which Marvel's always done, but this is it's a new Hulk run. It's just called Hulk instead of the Incredible Hulk. Okay. So Hulk number one comes out in 1999. Um, Bruce Banner took to the road in an attempt to escape his past in this new series from John Byrne again, and artist Ron Gary. Uh, this Damn, debut John issue was crushing it. John's the 99 man. 99 was his year. I mean, he wrote a lot of X Men. He did a Fantastic Four run in the 80s, okay. which I've been wanting to read too. Um, it says this debut issue saw Banner arrive in a small town of Faulkner and rent a vacation room. Suffering from nightmares, Bruce awoke to discover the town had almost destroyed as the Hulk refused to give Banner a moment of peace. So it's that constant power struggle okay. between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. That's and- See, that's kind of like the Hulk kind of hits one one tonally Unfortunately, like that yes. sometimes. Yeah. And that's why I think he works better in like a team setting. I mean, you do get really good stories that I know have been written. I've read planet hulk for what it's yeah. worth and i thought it was pretty good it's just you know there's only so much i feel like that can happen with hulk like he's just trying to find peace so it's just a huge struggle and once he find, he never really finds it and once he does he's just never happy with it i do kind of want to talk about this other book i had never heard about this real quick mm, um i'll give you a chance thank you uh earth x Earth X is an Alex Ross book, yeah. so it is similar style, I believe, to what he did with DC, where it's like a reimagined universe, I want to say. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but that's kind of all I know about it. Um, yeah, he actually did some writing on this, too, Yeah. Uh, aside from the painting each cover. Um, it said that, um, so the main focus character is uh, Machine Man. Okay. So it's kind of like seeing the, the story is being told through the eyes of Machine Man. But what's really interesting about this is that it's called Earth X number zero. It's not issue number one. It's number zero. I mean, hey, anything Alex Ross does to me is pure gold, even if it was just for the art. Because he's done some of my absolute favorite. It like, says that Machine Man took the place of the Watcher, basically. Interesting. Yeah, so... What a yeah, like weird... you said, kind of a revamp and a really, you know, imagined, you know, maybe yeah. multiverse kind of deal, you know, different dimensions. That reminds you know. me of, I was, so I did find this Thousand Greatest comics book of all time. Um, but one of the books I saw in there, speaking of alternate universes in Marvel, is have you ever read the 1602 uh, Marvel series that is written by Neil Gaiman, I believe? No, no, that sounds cool. So it basically is the Marvel Universe, but in like 1602. And it's just kind of reimaginings of all these people. So you have like Doctor Strange as like a wizard. Yeah. Like you have, it's it's such a crazy time period for it that it works really well. It's I just would def- called 1602 or is it? I want to say, I'm pretty sure it's just called 1602. And I think it was a limited run. Um, it was an eight-issue limited series. Yeah, it's just kind of a reimagining. You get uh, Raj Haas, pronounced Rogers, uh, Virginia's blonde-haired, blue-eyed Native American bodyguard. I like that it's Sir Nicholas Fury, yeah. Sir Dr. Stephen Strange. They're very proper about this. That's cool. John, uh, Carlo, Carlos Javier. A Spaniard living in living in England, where he runs a college for sons of gentlefolk. He is a witch breed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like a cool concept, but um, this kind of gets back to almost like the medieval type shit. That I'm like, eh. I, it, <laughs> for eight issues, if you have it in like, it's just one of those almost mini graphic novel books where you, it's probably a forty minute read, if that, for all eight issues. Yeah. Um, 
Some of these, these, some of these covers are kind of cool. Like the one just has a hedge maze on. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like that he's like a straight up wizard, you know. That's uh, cool. I do love some of these. Some of the villains that are in it is a play, I believe, on the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It is the Brotherhood of Those Who Will Inherit the Earth. <laughs> well, that's cool. Damn, David Banner, the rapper's in here. David Banner? An advisor to King James. It's David Bruce Banner. Bruce is actually the Hulk's middle name. I don't know if you knew that. Is it really? Yeah, it's David Bruce Banner. No way. Yeah. Count Otto von Doom, Iron Lord. So after number eight, it goes right into Marvel 1602, The New World. Oh, okay. So they, they must come to America. That's when they that's when they uh, immigrate. Hell yeah. Dude, I kind of want to read this now. It's kind of neat. Yeah, and this like the next one they get into like pilgrims and Indians and shit. Could should be could be kind of interesting. Well, okay. Maybe we'll check this out and we'll talk about it on an episode. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely down. It'll I'll, either be really sweet or we can just rip it apart. And destroy it. <laughs> that's what I prefer. Or I'll just read these Marvel wikis on it. Yeah, or I'll watch a YouTube video about it. I know you will. That's how I do my research. We're doing some serious research over here at T&D headquarters. <laughs> this is a highly educated think tank of human beings, and that's how we get topics. Well, Zach is our only um, benefactor at $5 a month, yeah. so our research funds are limited. Guys, check us out on patreon.com backslash threads and dreads. Always. We got a relatively new uh, behind the scenes episode. It's very funny. Pat tries anchovies for the first time. They're delicious. We talk about deep throat. It's amazing. Uh, we talk about exorcisms and. Who hasn't it, had it one? It was pretty wild, man. It was, an, it was a wild day. That's a good episode. And if you haven't heard it, you're fucking missing out. So, again, patreon.com backslash threads and dreads. Go give us five bucks and listen to some episodes. We're going to be back with some Be Better next week, actually. Next week? Okay. So we have some more episodes coming. We're going to be doing some Untitled Shoe Show episodes. Also coming back on our least favorite shoes. So we're going to have Yohei back in the building coming up soon here. Uh, and honestly, maybe we'll try and figure out a time to do some interview stuff as well interviews maybe we'll get eric back in here yeah we miss eric we're gonna get everyone on and popping and we're gonna get hitting it strong so thank you for listening as always been your uncle pat sean yo and we're out of here peace